I want to share with you this morning, uh, I would say this is to me, I, I, I want to say right in the moment, you know how the Bible is for you, at different times certain things will be your favorite, but this has been mine for my life. Um, and so Psalm 126 has been my scripture for a long time. I want to share with you this message I think is dear to my heart. Um, called out of darkness. I want you to turn to Psalm 126 with me. Amen. How many of you have been ministered to this morning? How many have been ministered hallelujah. to? There we know. We got a hallelujah back there. Loudest, loudest hallelujah gets the, the chief seat in, in the kingdom of God, right? <laughs> only if that were true. Only if that were true. Even the deaf would become dumb in that moment. We want, to, we want to say here in Psalm 126, let's read this together. And when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them the dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. Whereof we are glad. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. And he that goes forth and weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. I read the whole psalm. We're just going to cover the first part of this psalm um, in our sermon this in this sermon this morning. But I'll probably revisit that one for next week. Um, but I want to share with you what I think are three very distinct elements of when God brings. Uh, a revival in when God brings um, victory, when we see a community changing, when we see something happening, these are some of the things that we're going to see take place. So I want you to pay attention real closely as I share those with you. Let me uh, pray real quick. Father, I thank you for your word. Jesus, your word is like honey to us. Jesus, you had shared and said that uh, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God shall man live. Lord, every every word penned in our Bibles is a word that is proceeded from your mouth to our hearts. So today, Lord, I want to pray that you would inspire your people. Lord, that you would move us closer to you. That there would be just a, a newness of heaven for each one of us, starting right even as it already has. Lord, we've already felt your presence here. We've already been ministered to by you. And you've settled fears in our hearts, God. You've rejuvenated hope when we walked in, perhaps without the same kind of hope. Lord, there's an around us for our country, Lord, that you just begin to begin to move in the church, this church, Lord. And God, we're just grateful that you don't need numbers necessarily to do what you do, but God, just hearts that are sealed 
and fully engaged and fully committed to you, Jesus. But Lord, there is no other greater desire of their heart, nothing more important to them but just to honor you, Lord, and to know your will, and then to execute that, just to do it, Lord. So today, Jesus, thank you for your presence in this place. Thank you, Lord, for people you're healing right now as a testimony for the gospel. Thank you for those, Lord, who are struggling with sin, that they're finding their way through repentance, Lord, and experiencing, Lord, this refreshing that comes from the presence of the Lord. Oh, Jesus, thank you right now, God, because there's people that are not here, but there will be. Lord, you said you leave the 90 and 9 and you go find the one lost. And right now, Lord, our prayer is going to the lost sheep. Lord, that they would find their way into this place. Lord, that if we've experienced the height and the depth and the, the tremendous love of God for ourselves, then, Lord, we can't help but say, Lord Jesus, by your power, draw them, Lord, to a place, Lord, where that can be made known to them. Draw them in among us, Lord, that we can share that with them, Lord, and that we can be in a community where the love of God is shed abroad by the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing, Lord. Thank you, God, for inspiring deep and earnest prayer, Lord, intercessory prayer, Lord, in the heart of this congregation. Lord, and the people here, Father, that feel the cry of Jesus for somebody that's wandering off. Lord, that you put somebody in face and mind and thought, Lord, to them, and they can't help but pray, Lord, and be that watchman upon the wall that will not give you rest day or night until, Lord, they've seen that testimony in that person's life. Lord, thank you for the prayer warriors and the intercessors today, Lord, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. There's a few things here as he talks about when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion. Zion often being typical of a church or the people of God. When God turned the, the people back to him, when there was a new and fresh love that was uh, birthed in the heart of those who were Jesus' testimonies or God's testimony to begin with. And what we saw was Israel throughout history Israel had that height of testimony and that drop down into idolatry and, and God just chastening them and bringing on them oppression and struggle until they begin to cry out again to him and begin to look to God again for deliverance in their life. And so while I've been praying this week, there have been people on my mind, people that I know right now, that are kind of a hard case. For whatever reason, it's like there's something holding them back and keeping them from the kingdom of God. But as I bring Psalm 126 into my prayer time, and I said, Lord, there's something going to be done for them. There's nothing that they can do to hide from the Holy Spirit. They can't get away from what God's going to do. And so, Lord, as you just put in me your promises, and you show to me something more about you, so that as I begin to reflect on you, I begin to realize how impossible it is for them to stay in their sin for long to stay in darkness, to stay as captives. And part of the reason I say that is because I believe one of the things that Jesus keeps doing in my heart, and I'm sure he has in yours, is the closer you get to him, the more you begin to name out, this is all about his glory. This is all about the glory of God. And Jesus right now, that
belongs. And I'm just sure of it. I'm just sure of it. Well, I caught a few of the things here, and here's, he's sharing some of the aspects of what it's like to be in an environment where God's bringing freedom, where God's bringing new joy, new hope, the refreshing that comes from His Spirit. And one of them I caught here says, we are like them that dream. We are like those that dream. And, you know, a dream feels so real, doesn't it? But the hard thing about a dream is, is once you've dreamed something and you've had this thought, you now wake up from it and you know that it's not a reality. But I think what the, he's trying to say here is, is that we are like those that dream in the sense of it is become our reality. You know that pinch yourself to see if you're dreaming because it seems so unreal. And I think some of you need to do that right now. And so God's going to have you pinch yourself. I can't believe what God's been doing in my heart. I can't believe what this week has looked like and what God's been doing for me. And you just share, and, and you're just ready to share. You just explore. And so I think You know, the Apostle talked about the mysteries of Christ. And he became one of those men that God could reveal his mystery to. I love Abraham. It says, shall I hide from Abraham the thing that I am about to do? Well, let God put your name in that. Let God put your name there. Shall I hide from Julia? Shall I hide from Will? Shall I hide from Taj? Shall I hide from Nancy? Shall I hide from John or Sandy? Shall I hide the thing that I'm about to do? And I love that God basically asks himself the question, shall I hide? Shall I hide from them? How could I do this? One of my favorite verses in all of Scripture is uh, Romans 8.32. It says, if God spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? Oh, folks, we need to be in prayer. The reason I say that is because you don't understand the length, the depth. We don't get it until the Holy Spirit makes it real to us. Lord, it's so incredible. It seems so... And so now I'm like those that dream and I'm understanding and receiving these mysteries God's showing to me. So I think the first part of when God brings in freedom, we see discovery. Discovery happens. You know, one of the things I love about when the Lord speaks to me, it's like my eyes are opened. Wow. I can't believe I was missing that the whole time. Wow. And so you feel We've been close to the Lord for a long time, but there's a new discovery for us. We've never come to the end of glory. There's this, in, there's this finiteness to us. There's this infiniteness to God. And as long as you're finite, there's always going to be something more for God to do in your life. I love the amens out there. The eternal is tangible. We sometimes miss that, but it's actually tangible. Uh, in Romans chapter 4, verse 17, he says, As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed. God who gives life to the dead 
and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. I want to say this to the saints. And I want to say this. I'm hoping every one of you say, I'm a saint. But I want to say this to the saints. If you're in the closet of prayer, God has intention to show and to keep you in the place of prayer so that he can do this. He can take those things that are not, and he can do this because you've been on the call of prayer. Lord, so... And he is going to do it. And he did this with Abraham. And I love what God said to Abraham. Abraham's getting to be our highlight right now. He said, I will make of you. I will. I'll take you and I will do in you impossible. And this is the message all across. If God's going to get on board with us, you know the same thing. I will do. Not just a strong belief, but say this to go with this. There are certain things that cannot exist in captivity. The faith to grasp it is not there. When you're in captivity, when you're not really getting an open heaven in your time spent with Jesus, it's captivity, folks. And we don't get an an open heaven being with Jesus. It's It's a captivity over us. And there's certain things that can't exist while you're in captivity. That's why there's this need for an arising of faith, a sense. This community is about to get an old. Number two, God's mysteries are solved through revelation. Man, I love that. We need a revelation. You need to need to stay long enough where you've been with the Lord so He can reveal some things to you. And so here we have in John chapter 16, verses 14 through 15. He shall glorify me, 
For he shall receive of mine and shall show it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and shall show it to you. He will make it known to you. He will take of mine. Who was talking? Just remember that. Jesus said, he will take what is mine and he's going to show it to you. You're going to get it. At one point, Jesus said, greater work shall you do than what I have done. Jesus says, you know, Jesus took 12 disciples and turned the world upside down. And and I haven't taken count, but I get this feeling there's more than 12 sitting in this place. There's something very beautiful and powerful about the gospel as it makes its way into the world. You got a lot of people fighting for political agendas that will go any corner. They will shout to any housetop. They will go to any level they can to get it out. And yet we have the secret of the gospel. Let's make sure that nobody can declare anything worldly better than we can declare something heavenly. This is the secret of the seeker. Jesus said, take of mine and I will show it to you. He will show it to you. You know, I love that because I think, here's another another scripture. He says, we're heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ Jesus. Heirs of God. And joint heirs with Christ Jesus. A joint heir with Christ. Wow. We could just stop right there and take some time to meditate on, is that really real, Lord? Because if, if that's true, then I should be living a life very close and similar in likeness to the way Jesus lived. Because he has the power to be able to take me there. He has the power to do that. When God ushers in freedom the secret place, cannot be hidden. You know, it's secret to everybody else because they're not experiencing that freedom. See, the key is that we get free so that we can know what it means to be in the secret place. I love Psalm, 190, uh, Psalm 91. It says, The secret place who shall, the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That we shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Psalm 24 tells us who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord and who shall stand in his holy place. Who shall? It's kind of like you almost have to ask yourself, can I? Can I get this opportunity? And if I can, what's stopping me? What's holding me back? Big question, but really important that we start getting some answers. God removes the veil over our spiritual eyes. So as we're still talking about the discovery, we're like those who dream. God's removing the scales from off our eyes. I'm seeing things clearly that only God can show to man. And so the secret of the Lord is with those that fear him. And then we talk about, the, the Apostle Paul talks about the riches that are in Christ Jesus. The riches that are in Christ Jesus are for the saints of God. Our dream for unity comes when God turns the captivity of Zion. So again, we're thinking about things we dream about. I asked my son, I think earlier this week, and I said to him, I said, think about, as a father, I said, if, if I were to tell you, I want you to go in and I want you to go onto the computer and I want you to order anything that you want that means something to you. I want you to just go in and, and go do that. And, and it's all yours, whatever you want. Imagine how the, the mind could go out to the farthest imagination. And I said, you know that's not true of me. I'm not going to be doing that. But our Father in Heaven says, if you want to ask anything according to my will, 
Remember, you got to link it back to his glory. You always have to make sure. Not say it, but you got to mean it. It's got to be a hard thing. But when you link it back to the will of God, anything accord, anything according to my will, that's the power of prayer. That is a tremendous leverage point for the church of Jesus. Man, if I can ask anything, Lord, if I can ask that you disperse the lies of darkness that have made its way into this community, I'm going to pray it. I'm going to pray it until I see it. So Psalm 133, I want you to go there real quick. Psalm 133. This is the dream. Man, this is my dream. I, there's a lot of blanks you could fill in. I'm not going to give you all the perhaps dreams, obviously. I want you to dream. I want you to dream what Jesus would be doing right now if he were right here on earth in physical frame. What would Jesus want us to be praying for? Psalm 133, verses 1 through 3. I think that's the whole psalm here. If you're there, shout amen. Amen. Yeah. amen. We're, on, we're on key today. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garments. As the dew of Hermon is the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. Listen to this last part of this verse. I love this. And there the Lord commanded his blessing, even life forevermore. There the Lord commanded his blessing. When the Lord speaks, it happens. The Lord said, let there be, and there was. And so what we're saying, what we're looking at here is it says the environment is an environment when the church comes into unity. When the people of God are unified in spirit and heart, that's an atmosphere that God can begin to command His blessing in. You know, in our families, we recognize the moment you have a point of division in your family, you can't have the blessing that come, you need until you come together, until you become one, until you have one heart and one mind. And you listen to me carefully. There's only one way we're going to get unity in and among us, and that is when every single one of us are on and we see the
Increase our unity and remember why. You know, this is the thing. When we're fighting for something, fight for this. Fight for it. Fight and resist every urge that you have to have a conflict with another brother or sister. I'm telling you, you've got to fight all even if they say even if they If I'm not there myself, you know you got to be on victory's edge to be able to pray for somebody else to get that victory too. Man, I feel fired up. Praise the Lord. Some of you guys got me all. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So the, the second thing he says is we were like those that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter. Our joy is as unfathomable, or should be as unfathomable, as great as God is infinite. I think some of you need to write that one down. <laughs> our joy is as unfathomable, as unfathomably great as God is infinite. Jesus said this, ask that your joy may be full. Because God is infinite. Because God is amazing. So we have the first one is discovery. The second one is reception. We discover and we receive. See, it's not good that we just discover something and we don't get to take the treasure home with us. But that's why I think he pens it this way. He says, then was our mouth filled with laughter. Laughter. This extreme joy that comes as a result of God's mighty deliverance. See, the kingdom of God knows no depression in bringing deliverance. You know, nobody's ever been saved and delivered and they're depressed at the same time. God does something that fills the gaps. He fills every void that you have. And He pours Himself in so fully until it's, as the Bible calls it, overflowing. It's overflowing. It's not just flowing, it's overflowing. There's more than enough for you. And I see this in the world we're living in right now. And there's a depression because there's a captivity. There's a depression because we don't know what it's like to be free again. But when you're free, you don't know that depression anymore. There's a new discovery for them. And I love how it says the old things pass away and all things become new. And God just wants to renew us. He wants to renew the world we're living in. How brilliant. How wonderful. Well, you got to have Scripture verses for this. We can't just send you there and say, well, I don't know if that's just James's idea. Of course, we already have one. Luke chapter 15, 5 through 7. Luke chapter 15, verses 5 through 7. You're going to remember this a little bit from last week. (laughs) Shout amen when you get there. And when he found it, I got the King James Version here, but that's all right. He layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. 
So if I speak Old English and, and you need an interpretation, I'll give it to you, okay? <laughs> he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. Notice the first one. There's this joy, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, rejoice with me. So he doesn't just do it by himself. He gets a big old party of people together and he says, rejoice with me. For I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you likewise, joy shall be in heaven. Joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repents more than over 99 just persons that need no repentance. I don't know about you, but I'd like to be one of those that bring joy in heaven. And the best way we can do that is find some lost sinner out there, some lost soul that needs repentance. And you've done You've done more in that than we did in this service already this morning. And you know God loves what we did here. You know the Lord loves to have us worship Him. You know He loves the worship of His people. But there's something very special about the way that's worded to kind of catch our attention. Is there's, there's a song in heaven over every sinner that's brought to repentance. You've got to understand this is, eternal. this is an eternal soul that was going to be eternally lost. And now this is an eternally soul that's going to be eternally won. Eternal praise is for God. That is very, very, very special. And that means that the Lord loves to have one more soul added to His number of people that are His, that belong to Him. There's a reception in the kingdom of God. You know, I don't know about you, but I know that there's just things I think, Lord, I don't think I've received it all yet. I don't think I've gotten it all, but I think there's more for me to receive. In John chapter 16, verse 24, He says, Hitherto have you asked nothing in My name, you shall receive, ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Go ahead and write that one down. John chapter 16, verse 24. That your joy may be full. You know, interestingly, a lot of times I, I want to think of that like God's joy may be full. Why, why not, Lord, your joy may be full? I ask so that you can be. And I think this is the thing. I think He adds His joy to your joy. Yeah. Didn't you think when, when we have joy in the kingdom of God, when we've been fulfilled by Him, we didn't get fulfilling from television. We didn't get fulfilling by something out of the world. But we got fulfilled because we spent time with Jesus. And when that filling has made you joy, doesn't that extend to His joy as, as great as it can be? So I think that that's what we're doing is the more we ask God, we're not asking selfishly. I think people think that's what they're doing. If I ask for my healing, if I ask for my deliverance, if I ask for my children, if I ask for my home, I feel like I'm kind of selfish, at least especially if it's just for me. But what if, what if when you ask for you and you get what you ask for, the praise that comes out of that, the testimony that comes out of that, what if that's God's joy? And if that's God's joy, why aren't we asking for more? Why aren't we seeking God for more into our life? You know, something as I was praying this week, it kind of came to me, it says, that was this, that he, when Jesus came, He gave life, not death. You know, Jesus never actually uh, came and, and made somebody sick when he was done. Maybe there were some people that hadn't gotten healed, but Jesus didn't come and bring death. And that really kind of hit me was, if I'm going to be praying, I'm going to be praying for what Jesus actually does. The security of God is freedom, not anxiety. The security of God is freedom, not anxiety. How many things are we anxious over? You know, and all of us, and I'm going to say this, because I think, that so many of you are going to walk away from this service and you're going to say, that, that word was for me. Man, I needed that word. I get anxious over so many things. 
so many things beating down on my mind and thoughts, and I just can't get to sleep at night. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but you're like, that's so true. And I feel like God spoke something to me. And then as you go through your week, you're like, well, now it's harder to play it out than it was to believe it in the moment. To believe it in the moment. You know what I'm going to tell you to do? I'm going to tell you keep this book close to you. I'm going to say open it up morning, noon, and night. And just keep opening it up and letting the Lord continue to open up His promises to you. Stay a worshiper of the Lord. You know what? Every one of us have a voice that's just perfectly suited for worship. So as we worship the Lord, and I'm going to tell you, oh, if I could just, I don't know how many of you enjoy what I've enjoyed, but for me, when I come in this, when I come in here usually in the morning times, and I'm just kind of usually pacing up, up down here, sometimes back there or whatever, and I, before I pray, I usually start with some songs. One of my favorite songs is I sing praises to your name. I sing praises to your name. I love that song. We sang one of them already today. Um, and those songs just highlight. And while I'm singing that worship, it's an atmosphere for God to get in on. So many people are missing that. I, I just like, if, if you're like, man, I just haven't had time. No, you haven't. That's not true. That's not true. I'll tell you, you invest your time in what's important to you. You'll find time for what's important. We'll take a day off to be sick to go hunting, and we won't do that for prayer. Don't tell me. Don't tell me we don't have time. We just haven't prioritized our time. Now, I'm going to say one other thing, because I think a lot of our anxiety comes out of a lack of prioritizing. And the reason we're not good at prioritizing is because we're not good at gleaning the will of God. Lord, what do you want me to do, and what do you not want me to do? There's things God doesn't want you to get your hands on. Get your hands off of it and leave it alone. And the Holy Spirit will work through that. He'll speak to you. It'll be awesome and powerful. And the more you let God in through obedience, the more security and freedom you're going to have. And the laughter comes with victory. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Man, you just had a victory of your life. You know, we think of it in a sports arena. But for me, this should be the spiritual arena of our life. I just went toe-to-toe. I wrestled with the devil and I wrestled with the Lord. And I'm a more than a conqueror through Him who loved me and gave me His victory. And because of that, I'm laughing because of what the Lord has done. I'm laughing because I'm a now newfound believer again and again of what Jesus is able to do in me and through me. And just multiply that day after day after day after day. Man, my marriage is on a different brink because the Lord is at work behind it. So the last one is, and in Psalm 1, uh, 126, he says, We were like those that dream, then was our mouth filled with laughter, and our tongue with singing. This is the return. See, you get the discovery, you get the reception, and you get the return. See, we should have, listen to me, this is going to be the best point of this whole sermon. Listen to me. This is a... <laughs> This is, the best pra- this is the best one of this whole sermon. The enormity of our praise should match the magnitude of our deliverance. You know what I'm talking about. The enormity of our praise should match the magnitude of our deliverance. Jesus made this statement. He said, those that have been forgiven much, love much. Ooh. Ooh. Those that have been forgiven love, given much, love much. 
So next Sunday, we're going to have some new praise levels. You know, we're going to go to a new level with the Lord. Will, hold back a little bit, brother. <laughs> Give somebody else an opportunity to get in there. The enormity of our praise should match the magnitude of our deliverance. I so believe that. It says, look at, look at the pit from which you've been hewn. Just remember what Jesus has delivered you from and shout it. Listen to me. I'm not, I'm not wanting, I don't want hype. I don't want hype, but what I do want, I want genuine praise. And you can get as loud as you want when you want to genuinely praise the Lord. I don't give a care who it is. You should be. And when you let it out, your heart's going to overflow. I believe the Holy Spirit begins to begin to magnify Himself when we begin to magnify Him from what strength we have. There's been times I shouted with my voice, and when that happened, it was like some, it was like this chain reaction that sent the fire of God breathing into my spirit. And it was like this new level of glory for me. And I, I believe we just need to get out of the religion and get back into the faith. <laughs> Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you, Jesus. And our tongue will sing. That's the return. You know, I, I want to share a story with you. This is kind of comical, but it just it, I think it hits my point. When I was in uh, high school, I had this little 81 Mazda pickup. It was a four-cylinder four engine, but it didn't have no turbo. It didn't have anything. It was... It was the one that I, I called it, I think I said this the other week, I called it the gutless supreme because it just, when you were going uphill, 35 miles an hour is as fast as you could go. I tried to make up the difference when I was going downhill. Well, when I was, when I was in high school, um, I was driving this pickup around, and I stopped at a red light, and another car stopped up right next to me. And he had this, I don't know, Trans Am or something. I just remember him revving his engine, looking over at me like he was ready for a race. <laughs> and I certainly didn't feel, I felt ill-prepared to do anything of this sort. <laughs> well, because I knew I didn't have the power. Because I knew I didn't have the power. I didn't even make an attempt. I think that's the message for us this morning. So with the rev of an engine comes with a thrill of power. When I rev up my engine, like my old truck, it's got the 352, definitely not the four-cylinder that I had, and it's got exhaust leaks that make it sound pretty powerful. And it is. It's good enough, I guess. But I just rev it up a little bit because I like the fun of listening to the noise. I wonder if the Lord likes the fun of listening to the noise if you rev up some praise. Get some praise going on and love to hear your praises and your shouts of His glory for what He's done. You know, there's a whole chapter in Psalms. It says, uh, praise the Lord for His mercy. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Every single one of them start with a praise the Lord. Let's have our own praise the Lord and just let's keep revving up the engine. Let the devil know that he hasn't won. You know, the Bible says the devil goes about as a roaring lion. But remember, there's another place in Scripture that says there came a sound of a mighty rushing wind. There's two different sounds of a roar. And I think God wants to have the church as a roar. Again, this isn't a hype thing. 
You know, if you're, if you're in a place you need to get right with the Lord, you don't need to hype up your praise. You need to get on your knees and get right with Him. And then after you're done getting right, then you hype up your praise. Then you get it going on. Victory laps in the kingdom of God are done when the people of God lift up their voice in shouts of triumph. This is our victory lap. We did some victory laps a little bit earlier today. Don't be afraid to remind the devil where you came from and remind him that you're becoming more dangerous. Remind him you're becoming more dangerous. You know what? Last week I was struggling with this. This week, I'm not. I'm not struggling with it. And I'm not going to be struggling with it. You know, I love, there's, a, there's an old song. Um, it says, uh, what is it? Um, uh, I need you more. I need you more. And part of the, the end of that song is, I never want to go back to my old life. Don't even want to get close to it. Not even the smell of my old life is on me. And you know what? I want you to flaunt those that in the face of darkness today. I'm not going back to my old life. You haven't perverted my mind. You're not going to get my spirit. If today I've been struggling, tomorrow I'm going to be on victory's edge. And I'm going to use that to proclaim the liberty of the kingdom of God and how much the devil is lost. You know, let him know that he's lost the war. Let him know that he didn't just lose the battle, he lost the war with you. Every day he's lost the war with you. You wake up in the morning and your knees still cricks and cracks and your arms don't get quite, and your body doesn't work. Just remember that it said, though this outward man perishes, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. You can't destroy what God's doing inside of me. You can't keep that from being awakened this morning. You can't get that to get up slowly. That's going to always get up fast. I might get up slowly, but I'm going to always be awakened with praise, with speed. Let's do some victory laps for Jesus' name. Okay, so I preach to you the Word of God. Now all I can do is recommend you to it. That's all I can do. I'm going to pray that God's going to just minister to us the rest of our time. You know, one thing I love about the Holy Spirit and His presence is when you're close to Him, it's you don't want to leave, and it seems like you've just been there for seconds. So we're just going to let the Lord continue His ministry to us. You know, let's keep our hearts open to what the Lord wants to do right now. And I want you to remember something. If you're not praying for you, you're praying for somebody. We're praying for somebody. Yeah. Somebody needs this, this wonderful thing that Jesus is doing in us. He need, they need it. They need it. So be thinking of somebody. Be putting them in your mind. Let's pray right now. I'm going to ask for the worship team to come back up. And as they do, if you feel the Lord calling you to this altar and just to get on your knees before Him to humble yourself, do so. Otherwise, let's sing songs of victory and praise and just give God all the glory because He deserves it. You know, we've got a lot to be thankful for, for sure. I'm going to pray, and as we've done before, we're not going to have like this. uh, Oh, let's not forget our potluck, okay? Just remember, we get to spend more time together, okay? But as as I normally and typically do, I don't end the service, so to speak. I'm going to pray. They're going to sing. As the Lord leads you to pray or to come to the altar, please do. But remember, there's no time frame or time limit on it. It's just what the Lord wants to do in the moment. And as the Lord leads you, just go on downstairs. We want we want to enjoy fellowship together. Pastor, we have a praise report. If you'd like to share that. Yes. I was just going to say, you know, we should praise the Lord. Amen. Let's do it. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.
Praise you, Jesus. Father, we just give you all the praise. Lord, you are the God who won victory at the cross. Yes. Lord, you triumphed over all the powers of hell the moment that you didn't just die, but you rose again from yes. the dead. You. Lord, you raised us up to be seated with you in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Lord, today we are just going to return to you. We want to mirror, Lord, the beauty of what that is, the, the glory of what that is to us. So, Lord, right now, Jesus... Thank you for this tremendous time with you, Lord, and the continued time that we have together. The Lord, anoint every moment that we have. Reseal the deal for our love for one another. Deepen and heighten, Lord, what you're doing in our church and our community. God, you're going to bring new people in, Lord, and you're going to minister to them, Lord, the depths of humility and hope that they need. And God, we're just going to be so grateful for a new soul born in the kingdom of God. We're going to be grateful for the kingdom, the people of God being revived and revitalized and refreshed in Jesus' name. We so love you, Lord. And we're so grateful, Lord, for all the touches and the presence of Jesus in this moment, Lord, and the richness of your promises as you reveal that to us. So, Lord, as we just take this time to finish this moment with praise, oh, Lord, I pray, just seal the deal in every heart. Lord, you know every need. Lord, you know the needs beyond this congregation. Yes. And we're looking forward to seeing you manifest in every one of them. In Jesus' name. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord.